0: Welcome back to the Student Soapbox, hosted by the Department of Academic Affairs and the UAlbany Student Association. I'm your host, Mitch, and I currently serve as the director. And with me today, we have three awesome guests. They are student leaders who have helped build their organizations by being that backbone of their e-board. And we're not talking about presidents, but the seconds in command. So with me here, I have Dylan Hurtado. He is the Vice President of the Student Association. We have Jordan Osley, who is the Senate Vice Chairman of the Student Association, and Silvio Gonzalez, who is my intern and also the Vice President of Sigma Beta Row. Go Cobras! Without further ado, you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your experience as Vice President.
1: Being a Vice President is not about it's not about the defined role, it's about how you grow from it in a sense. And it sounds weird at first, but once you learn how to manage people, once you learn how to speak to people and get things done, have coordination, have a schedule, it all becomes somewhat your life and simple in a sense, because that, that is what you're doing. You become that second in command vice president role. So that's what
2: I gotta say right off the bat. But i'll pass it on to whoever wants to speak next so i guess i'll go next hello everyone and uh thank you michelle for having me on the podcast uh so my name is jordan i chair of the student association senate and i just want to echo what uh dylan said which is you know really great being sort of second in command person you do a lot of the background work some of it is thankless but it definitely gives you a lot of great experience um, and you're able to connect with a lot of people and and grow from that experience. So, you know, we're going to get more into it, but that's just from the perspective that I have.
3: Hi, my name is Sylvia Gonzalez. Again, thank you, Mitch, for having us. Vice President of Sigma Beta Rho Fraternity Incorporated here at the University of Albany. And building off what you guys said, yeah, it's definitely about, you know, being that backbone and having good communication skills.
0: Absolutely. And uh, thank you all for being with us today. So, you guys are pretty prominent seconds in command on campus. I know Jordan has been a student leader pretty much since his first semester. Dylan, he's been on many, many, many e boards. And Silvio, being the current vice president of a pretty well known fraternity on campus, you guys know what it takes to be a great second in command. So, can you guys tell me a little bit about what you think some of the most important qualities are and what makes for a strong second in command, and how these qualities can help build an organization into something strong.
2: So, what I always see is a good thing to bring into any organization that you're going into, but especially for being a second in command, is getting outside of your leadership, volunteering for tasks. You know, one of the things I know from being vice chair or any sort of position where you're that second in command, um, you kind of get dumped with everything that other people don't do. So anything that doesn't fall into the responsibilities of the president or the secretary or the treasurer or whatever, it's going to fall onto the vice president or, you know, who that second in command person, you're the backup person. So you need to be sort of comfortable and you need to, you know, motivate yourself to step outside of your comfort zone, take risks. It's very important to take risks find your voice and everything like that. So, you know, I think that's a very important part of being a second in command, so to speak. But it gives you a great opportunity because you get to find things that you might not have found out about if you don't take those risks,
1: you know what I mean? I think that is actually perfect in, what, in your approach. And I think everything that you're saying is completely accurate. And just to add on to that um, from comfort zone type of perspective, um, you have to be able to motivate everybody And in that comfort zone, like you have to notice it and then step out of it. Because in order for you to motivate everybody, in order for you to have the patience and attention to detail, you not only have to understand what the comfort zone is, but you have to understand that you're the one leading everybody since you're the the internal quote unquote manager. Definitely understanding that comfort zone, motivating everybody, paying attention to detail, having the patience to, to speak to your constituents or whoever you're working with not for they're not working for you it's it's a team effort and it's more like what do you do for them
2: yeah i would also like to just add like when you are able to step outside of your comfort zone um it it does motivate other people because they see you like like dylan i'm just going to use you as an example right if they see you vice president of the student association, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, stepping outside of your comfort zone, that sort of motivates them and say like, Oh, Dylan's doing this. This is okay to do, you know, I can do that too. You know what I mean? So I think, I think it's part of being in leadership positions as a whole, you know, sometimes you do need to sort of help make other people comfortable with taking risks. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. So building off what you guys said, yeah, I definitely, since Dylan is my big I definitely look up to him a lot about how he runs student association. And I kind of try to emulate that with Sigma Beta Rho. This is my first semester as, you know, a brother and it's my first semester as a vice president, so good qualities that I see in being a good second in command would definitely be like, you know, working in the shadows and making sure that the enforcer, making sure that everyone gets their work done. And it's just all about having good communication skills. I feel like that's super important.
1: Yeah, and most definitely, Silvio and Jordan. I feel like um, going into the next point that about loyalty and trust, I feel like your team itself, is, it's supposed to be everything you make it. And I feel like when we're talking about um, definitions of the vice president, um, a lot of it kind of goes misunderstood or misconstrued. And I'm one of those people who had that misconception because it's what you make of the position and it's how much initiative you put forth to make sure that everything goes smoothly. And I feel like me, my uh, myself, as I take on this position and several others into the future, I feel like I'm beginning to understand that it's all initiative driven because anybody can be a leader. You know what I mean? Anybody can go pick up a pen and write first. Anybody can go speak in front of a crowd when everybody else is quiet, but not everybody has the initiative to consistently do that. Not everybody has the understanding to be like, okay, this is my role and everybody else isn't going to do this. So I'm going to be the one taking initiative as a leader. And I believe that's where you build loyalty. And that's where I feel like you build your backbone because then people just start listening and following.
2: I also just want to say, it's also about a little bit about following through on your word. When you say you're going to do something or you say, you know, you want to move forward on an initiative that you actually take the steps And include people on getting that done and then they start to trust you they actually you know when when you ask something of other people then you know they're willing to help you they're they're there for you because they know that you're i guess being earnest about what you're saying you know what i mean so
0: yeah and that absolutely makes sense and it sounds like between the three of you there's a little bit of a consensus that there's a lot of accountability that comes with being a vice president or a second in command whether you're being accountable for yourself or accountable for other people. So how do you enforce that in your organization? Like, can you provide like examples of how you do this? How do you check in with the president, keep them accountable, their e-board members? How do you serve as that liaison and internal backbone?
3: The best way, like I would do it would be make sure that everybody has like motivation and incentive to do their part. And by enforcing that would be, you know, as vice president, I would have to hit up most of the brothers individually, be like, are you getting your work done? Not only to take the stress off of me, I would assign certain tasks to certain, you know, chair positions, be like, all right, you got to get this done by this date, make sure you get this report done by this date and stuff like that
1: yeah um definitely just to piggyback off what you said it's very important to set deadlines because we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here with this vice president uh, position it's been in effect in many facets many organizations many businesses and so we know what works what doesn't or at least i i begin to spot it out and definitely setting deadlines paying extreme attention to detail because you're the one who's going to be picking up the stuff that falls through the cracks so if you already have it in mind, you know, just make sure it doesn't fall through setting accountability standards for everybody and not being able and not being scared to speak your truth, because that is what you get the chicken for. You feel me like that's where you get the the money for mm-hmm. like you are there to make those decisions. You're there because you are the one who has the initiative to be like, OK, this needs to get done. And this is a hard decision, but I'm the one putting my pen to the paper and enforcing them. So, just having that internal confidence, empowering yourself, because then you can go back and to your superior quote unquote, like the president, like our lovely Damian Luleta Sanya, the president of the student association, shout out. Uh, going back to her and of course, telling her with respect your position, coming to her with information, coming to her with with possible opinions and different routes, having her see different perspectives. That's your, Job that's your role, because her, she has an image of the external, and it, it could be a he. I'm just referring to Domi, but you know, it's up to you to provide different perspectives from inside, from the internal operations, the internal workings.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I just want to add on to. I want to add two things. Number one, I also think it's it's certainly about communication, and it's about honest communication. um I know from my experience in the student association senate, working with our senate chair Brian Ramsaran. Um, You know, he's going to rely on me to not only communicate with him, but communicate honestly, you know, Um, and then also everybody else in the organization. You have to sort of be honest about what you believe and and let people know what you're thinking so everybody can be on the same page. And that's how people are held accountable when we're all on the same page and working together. Um, But I would also say specifically. My organization, uh, student association, senate—we're a little bit uh, more less. We're a little less structured. Um, so, like a lot of the senators, they lead their own initiatives and everything like that. But from my perspective as vice chair, I put myself in a position where I can be a resource for them, and that sort of helps them know that they can actually follow up and follow through on their initiatives. So, to a certain extent, not only do you have to be an enforcer, you also have to be a support system, and that's going to help keep people accountable because they know they can do the job.
0: For sure. And Jordan, just as a shout out to you, like Senate runs a lot smoother with you in it. You're very good at being a support system. Senators love you. How do you be that support system that your organization needs?
2: Well, I think a lot of it is about constantly reaching out. You know, everybody talks about having an open door policy and everything like that. But it's not just about opening the door, so to speak, and you know, just hoping and praying that somebody walks in. To an extent, sometimes you have to go outside of, you know, your position, reach out to them, see how they're feeling, see how they're doing, what they're thinking, what they want to do, and everything like that. And it's also just about being kind. Like sometimes I think when people get into leadership positions, they forget that they have to be kind to people, even if they're even if those people aren't necessarily leaders with a title you know you got to be kind to them because those are the people who um are looking up to you you have to be kind to them you you really do so
1: yeah most definitely since you brought that up it kind of just flickered something in my head that kindness like kindness and honesty are the best policy at all times having communication transparency but being nice to your team will have them working for you and you always have to work smarter not harder so the fact of the matter is, if you can get a couple directors, a couple employees, a couple of people, a couple of friends, just anything, and have them work for you in coordination, they don't even have to be, like, super intelligent. They, or they can be the most intelligent. If you can guide them towards a goal and follow through, you've done all you needed to do, and you can apply that into different facets of life and gain success through there especially through say a hobby or something that you're just willing to do because you know that attention to detail and slow process will get you to your goal as being vice president because you understand that's the day-to-day that gets you to the bigger picture instead of just the bigger picture.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, personally I work for Dylan so I can attest he's very good at supporting directors and their initiatives and helping them think differently about how they do events, especially in the midst of a pandemic. It's super important to be adaptable and supportive as a leader, but also to adapt to different circumstances and situations. How would you say that this has been shifted in the pandemic and how being adaptable is important to your job?
1: Being adaptable is actually the most important part because this is life and nobody has a plan for life being adaptable is one of those things that if you have it good if you don't go get it go learn it from somewhere go buy an ad to go get it because you need it in order to move forward this life is filled with adversity this life is filled with challenges and it's most likely going to be against you or not in your favor so you got to learn how to overcome that and fight back being adaptive is just a basic trait that everybody needs, regardless of being a vice president or just a regular Joe Schmo down the street.
2: Sylvia, I don't know if you want to hop in on this before I start talking.
3: Yeah, it's super important to have really, really good adaptation skills. I know from my personal experience, I just crossed spring 20. A lot of the older heads had already graduated, right? So we didn't have a lot of guidance on how to properly run our respective positions. So, you know, I really had to hone in on my own adaptation skills.
2: I was actually going to say something very to what you were talking about, um, especially like if we're in a role of like the vice president or the second in command type of role. Um, you know, the the president or the leader of the organization, they might not always be great. They might all, not always be good and everything like that. So when you're in a second in command position specifically, sometimes you have to adapt to the other people in your organization not being that great. And so sometimes you have to figure out what their strengths and weaknesses are look about what your strengths and weaknesses are and sort of adapt so that the organization as a whole can function well. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I completely forgot about that. But that is so important because your team is the biggest piece of it. And the fact of the matter is you're not going to have a team that's perfect at all times. And I want everybody to know that. You don't pick your team most of the time. You don't get to pick who you like, who you don't. You don't get to pick your beef. You don't get to pick where you succeed. It's just a lot of it happens, And you just being that internal force, that driving force internally, you are the person who's supposed to recognize it first and stop it or make it follow through. You know what I mean? Depending on the situation.
2: Yeah, a lot of times you're not gonna be able, like you said, you're not gonna be able to pick your team. And so you might run for vice president or you know whatever second in command position and you might think, you know, this is this year is gonna go this way, a certain way. And then the president who, who's elected is not somebody who you thought would be elected. But now you have to figure out how to work with them, even though that wasn't part of the plan. You have to adapt. And I know, you know, Michelle, you talked about COVID. We could talk about COVID like for hours, but um, like that's that's another key piece <laughs> when there are like those like, external factors that you can't control. I know, you know, we're students at U Albany and you know. If there are decisions that happen with the university, you know what I mean? We have to figure out how to adapt with that. I know like student org leaders, there was recently the pause and everything like that. And so, you know, the student org leaders couldn't hold events, you know what I mean? And so that their leadership has to figure out how do we adapt to that sort of stuff. So adaptability is super important. Yeah.
0: So it really seems like you guys have a good grasp on like how to be a good vice president and what it really entails and how to deal with everyone who might have experience to people who might not have experience. Um, would you say, and being a vice president means you have about the same amount of power as the president with less stress? Do you think that's true or false?
1: Um, completely false. And initially, if you were to ask me that before coming into the vice president position, I were to tell you true because I didn't know per se what the vice president position was, or I didn't know the extent. But now that I'm in the trenches, I can understand that it's like way different. It completely shifted my perspective as to what a vice president is. And I, it's not that I'm more stressed out. Maybe in the beginning I was, but then you either crumble. This is um, a quote that I heard. As a piece of coal, you either crumble, under pressure or you become a diamond because they're both made of carbon. You, me, whoever it is, we're all the same, but under pressure, you never know who's gonna turn into a diamond, but that vice president is the one who's either supposed to inspire you to turn into that diamond or be the diamond himself or herself.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say my answer to this type of question would be the only thing that the vice president or you know, whatever second in command position really doesn't have to worry about is getting, you know, when there are mistakes made, they can kind of step back and let the president take the heat for it, which is which is kind of nice sometimes because you can sort of explore a little bit and and um I guess make some mistakes and it you don't necessarily have to take so much heat. You're not out in the open um like like the president might be. But yeah, I mean in terms of the stress level, it's certainly stressful, but it, it can be manageable, you know what I mean? Um especially considering the fact that um. Everybody in the leadership portion of an organization all has different roles. And I think a good way that an organization should run is that those roles should be interconnected so everybody can sort of lean on each other a little bit. I know in Senate, me and Brian as chair and vice chair, we lean on each other for different things. And even though there are some things that Brian does that I'm not necessarily responsible for, and there are things that I do that Brian's not necessarily responsible for, We're always like, there's interconnected pieces, you know what I mean? The the gears have to link up.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with what both of you guys said, like with Dylan, what he said. At first, when I picked up the vice president position, I originally thought, okay, I'm going to have the same amount of power, or at least almost the same amount of power, and a little less stress. But then at the beginning of the semester, when I got bombarded with all the work and realizing that a lot of people weren't doing their, you know, prospective positions and their roles. I was like, okay, now somebody's gonna have to step up and take on all the responsibilities. And, you know, it really taught me that I really have to hone in on my adaptation skills and really build my character and build as a a person and grow or else, you know, the fraternity or your organization is gonna crumble. I think
1: the most important thing when beginning to delegate and understand that maybe some people aren't doing the roles is to have you yourself be that internal hub of information and clearly define those rules, those positions and expectations to everybody. As being the delegator and the ruler of the internal operations, it's your responsibility to make sure everybody is on the same page, crystal clear, sir, yes, sir. And at that point, if it's not, it's your fault if it's not. I'm not saying it's solely your fault, but I'm saying that's your, thats what you were brought in to do. Somebody saw that in you to be able to go and inspire that person, be the master of their world, quote unquote, and help them out, make them be the best that they can be.
2: I have a question. I know Michelle, you're the host, but do you mind if I ask a question? <laughs> go for it. So I was wondering, from the other everybody else in the uh, podcast right now, do you think that a lot of being a vice president or second in command? We have to use sort of informal avenues in terms of our power. Like, do you think our pa- the way in which like we have power is much different from the way a president might have it? Oh yeah, most definitely.
1: And just to simply put it, um, president works on external, and for most part, vice president works on internal because people can't look in front of them and their back at the same time. So you got to watch their back. And that's basically what the vice president is.
0: Yeah, I'm going to actually jump in here too. I fully agree with that. Personally, like if I'm in an organization, I like being a vice president because it's usually a position where you do a lot and you can really be a backbone in an organization and really influence its growth without getting you know, the amount of attention that a president would. And I'm a low-key person, (laughs) so I kind of like that. But in order to be a vice president, you have to literally know what like every single person in the organization is doing. Like you have to know like what the president's up to. You have to know what the secretary's up to the treasurer, or if you're like student association, you got to know what all the directors are up to because sometimes, especially when you have people who aren't pulling their weight, for example, maybe the lead of your organization isn't pulling their weight. So say you have a president who's just kind of dropping off the face of the earth a little bit as second in command you got to step up. So it's super important to have those inner workings and just know your org and know how to build it and be able to do that and step in where you need to. Whereas in other positions, you might not necessarily have to do that. So it's a different type of leadership that involves a lot more adaptability and versatility.
2: Yeah, I think that's great.
0: But one of, part of the reason why a lot of people do run for positions in eboard, even if you know they jump in, they think, "Okay, Vice President, pretty calm role. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast and you had that conception before, it's not true. Being a vice president can be incredibly hectic at times, but part of the reason why some people will seek leadership positions is to use the experience to help build yourself as an individual, as a student leader, and also to help build you professionally. So um, what would y'all say some of the like real perks of being a vice president are and how they can use this experience to help build them as a professional?
1: Well, the only perk for me, personally, at first when I didn't have the position, it was about everything else, like the externals or how it looked to me or how it would look on the outside looking in. But now that I'm here and helping and trying my best. It's definitely formulating a team and having the team work with you and quote unquote for you, like that is the payoff. Personally, for me, being able to have these people do what they want to do. Because at the end of the day, all of us are helping. We're all just trying to help a cause, an initiative help the student body and help people who are just like us. Even moving past the student body, past graduation, all that, you're just trying to help people in general. That's the goal. Help yourself, help people, you know, grow as a person. And I feel like the vice president position or just positions similar to that especially, you know, really make you understand that if you throw yourself into the role.
2: A lot of times when people talk about leadership, they talk about, Oh, it can like build your resume, you know, you can network and everything. And that's great. That's great. But, you know, I know like in the real world, there are certain aspects of an individual that you just can't find on a resume. You can't put down on a paper or anything like that. And being in a leadership position, particularly, you know, being vice president or something like that, it allows you to sort of show people those skills and your intelligence and everything like that that they might not be able to just pick off of a resume or something that you write down. They can see it through your leadership and through the way you interact with people, through the way that you're organized and everything like that. Um, And so running for a leadership position, it it just allows you to express that, you know what I mean? It allows you to express yourself as a leader and a person who has skills and can run an organization so that people can see it while you're doing it. They don't have to read your resume because they can see it while it's happening, so. I think that's one of the best perks about running for a position.
3: Perks of being a a vice president or a second in command would definitely be like learning the ins and outs of your organization because that's what's going to help me to be, you know, an effective president or a CEO or whatever and it's going to allow me to build that camaraderie between me and the rest of my organization so it's going to allow me to you know really hone in on those skills that i need to use for you know the next semester for the next term for the next year to really allow you to lead your organization effectively
0: yeah absolutely yes you might be vice president like now but like you can use those skills to transfer on into other positions but like when this happens and you leave there's a hole there how do you guys address that gap in leadership and that period of transition for both yourself moving on as well as the next person who might come in
1: transitional information just to have before you leave which is a very big part and you should be looking for somebody to take your place uh, you should already be proactively searching having people in mind advocating for people and even um vouching for them I know that's what happens a lot in Senate, where people literally advocate for somebody else to obtain a position. And that's what you should be doing as a vice president. You should be looking for other people to try and take roles, actively try and upgrade people, bring out the best in them and see what they can do. I learned that through several organizations that the person who tries the hardest and has the most initiative is the one who grows the most. And you always got to keep your eye on that as vice president. You know, that's part of your role, understanding who comes next. Because when you leave, you want the system to work. You don't want to just be the piece that made the system work. I'll compare it to LeBron. Like when he went to Cleveland, yeah, he made it work. He won the ring. He won the title. But then when he left, they just didn't have anything.
2: That's spot on. Hit the nail on the head. I also work for the Student Organization Resource Center. So we deal with a lot of student groups. And, you know, every time uh, there's a transition from one e-board to the next, Student organizations, some student organizations have problems where, you know, there's no vice president, there's no treasurer. And so one of the things when you're in leadership positions, it's so important that you make sure you find people that will carry on your responsibilities and your duties so that the organization, once you leave or once you move on up, doesn't just fall apart once you left. You know what I mean? Make sure that there's something that will continue your work and it's not just going to drop off. Um, and I would, I would say one of the best ways to do that actually is to continually like give out a little bit of your responsibilities so that other people have a chance to sort of test themselves. And so that you can sort of assess other people's skills to know who can be best fit to sort of take on your responsibilities once you leave. Um, and also, I just wanna say like, in terms of once you leave, So let's say, hypothetically, you go from being a vice president and then next year you're president, right? Leave the vice presidency to last year. It's in the past. You're no longer vice president. You're president now. So, you know, don't carry the responsibilities that you had as vice president into your presidency. There's a new person who will be vice president and you have to trust them that they're going to do a good job. Don't, you know, be over and hovering over them and, and trying to make sure that they do it exactly how you did it. They're a different person. They're a new person in the position. And you have to sort of have the trust and the confidence that they're going to do it right in the way that they're going to do it.
3: Yeah, I believe it's super important to have like an understudy, you know, like someone that you mentor, like a mentee that you can, you know, feed some of your, like you said, some of your responsibilities to and really make sure that their communication skills, their leadership skills are really mastered. So by the time that you get to your president position or your CEO position, that they could be your right-hand man. They know how you work. You guys have good chemistry and it's gonna allow you to lead your organization.
2: Yeah, chemistry is so important. Building those relationships with other people who you can sort of see that they're gonna be, you know, leaders in the organization one day. Reach out to them, give them some tips, give them some advice. I think that's always helpful.
0: How do you propose people do that? Reach out, like, what are some good ways to take that initiative and select those Yeah, people? so
2: I'm, I'm a little socially awkward too. So I feel you, Michelle. Um, I guess it, it's difficult. I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna beat around the bush and lie to you. It's difficult to um, speak and, and be outward when you're introvert or, you know, you're socially awkward or whatever. Um, but sometimes you, you have to take the step. You have to take the leap and say, whatever happens, happens. But you have to try because you know, like, if, if I reach out to these people, even if they're not interested, that's okay. You know what I mean? The worst thing in the world is that they say no. The worst thing in the world is that it doesn't work out. You can always move on to the next thing, to the next person and everything like that. But try not to be afraid of, um, you know, exploring outside of your comfort zone. That's That's one of the most important parts about being a leader, in my opinion. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to look like a fool sometimes. You know, it's important that a leader puts their foot into the door and and gets the word out and is able to communicate with people and find people and everything like that. It's not going to be perfect. It's it's not going to be perfect, but you can't be afraid of of making those mistakes. You just gotta you just gotta try your best. The thing that I realized the most, well, two things. Number one, if you're
1: listening to this, first and foremost, yes, it is a sign. Yes, you should do it. No, you shouldn't be scared. And yes, you can do it. And that's number one, because it's never about how well you do something. If everybody had a template for everything, then the world would be boring, the world would be over. It's what you make of it, the initiative that you give into it, the love, the passion, the understanding. It's it's everything else. It's It might be hard as an introvert to go and put yourself first and, Really show initiative, that self-confidence, and and show the determination to be like, yo, this is me unapologetically and everybody bask in my glory. That might be a harsh interpretation of it. The only thing you have to do is submit the paper through my involvement. The only thing you have to do is pop out to a student association event. The only thing you have to do is submit your resume. Make that call. Call the office and be like, hey, uh, I just wanted to follow up with my resume, da da. i and this, this, and this. You know, just the extra step, whatever you have in your head that is telling you, should I do that? No, you know, it might be too much, you know, it might I might bother them. No, do it. Because that's what vice presidents do. Everything that that is in your head and you're like, should I do it? Vice presidents already planned for it. I just want to add on to that,
2: Dylan. Um, you know, number one, don't be afraid. Number two, be try and be your most authentic self. Don't try to be anybody else, do it any different because I'm going to be honest, when you're trying to do it the way somebody else might do it, it's not who you are. It's not going to work out for you. you know. So you have to try and be authentic with yourself. That's how you're going to be successful. That's how you're going to you know, find the best avenues if you're being true to yourself. You know what I mean? But number three, I just want to talk a little bit about my experience, particularly with the Senate, because like I'm not a super social person, right? So I came to the university my freshman year, I didn't know anybody, I didn't really have any friends and I decided to run for student government and I needed to get elected and I needed votes. And that was something I never did before and it was, it's really intimidating, you know what I mean? Your first try, but you take the first step. And, and I know I had doubts and I know I certainly made mistakes and I've done things that you know I was embarrassed by and everything like that. Um, and then even once I got elected and I was in the Senate, You know, when you're in the positions, even once you win, you're in the position or whatever, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say stupid things and and X, Y, and Z. I know I have. Probably we all have. um, But you got to keep taking those steps and everything like that. And and trust me, it will work out.
0: Y'all are very experienced. You guys give great advice. And any student who is thinking about becoming a vice president or an e-board member or just a better leader in general, we got three great examples here on this call heading into the 40s here in podcast minutes. So we are going to start closing up. But to the guests on the call, what is one thing anybody who is still listening, you want them to take away?
1: Something that I definitely wanted to highlight that I know does not get a lot of attention, or should get more attention. POC, just people of color, minorities. For all those listening, if you're a minority, all of us, here on the call, the seconds in command, we're all minorities. You know, I know a lot of us like where we come from, we're not supposed to either make it or go this far or be defined in this way. But we're all here. So you can do it. Please take that away. If you're a guy or a girl, like if you're a minority, if you're not, but like, I know for me, I always got to represent uh, my demographic, my similar demographics and people who, who strive for better condition. Definitely do it. It doesn't we're working together i'm here for you
2: yeah I you would know, just it's say, possible um to always think big um don't think small don't think about getting to the day get into the week you need to start thinking about you know what's the long-term objective what's the long-term goal and then look back at you know the weekly objectives the daily objectives what work you need to do to achieve the goal you need to have a path forward and so you know if you're listening to this to this uh podcast and you're 40 minutes in Number one, congratulations, because you're doing, you're doing great. You're finding the resources, finding good resources. <laughs> think about what you want to accomplish. Nothing is impossible. You just have to put in the work. So think about what your give is and then figure out how do you actually achieve that. And I think you'll do great if you do.
0: Fantastic. And once again, thank you, you three, for coming onto the call today. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Student Soapbox. We're gonna have another one coming to you towards the end of the semester, but if not, have a wonderful break, finish off that semester strong and keep kicking it.